everyone. This is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we've got a great show for you. We've got yes, we've got Antonio McKay, writer and creator of the hit show Sangre Negra. He has also been the guest star in over 35 television shows in both the U.S. and Canada, including Clueless, Highlander, Trapper John M.D., Law and & Order, and Rx, as well as a recurring role on the late-night comedy hit, The Jimmy Kimmel Show. And we're excited yes. to have him on today to talk a little bit about his story and just see where this goes. So, Antonio, welcome yes, to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, sorry about the technical difficulties with your camera. Ah, kind of sorry about you know. that. <laughs> it's life with COVID, you know? <laughs> and speaking of COVID, how has COVID affected what you do? And what are some things you've done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we all have now? Well, as far as the production of the show is concerned, um, we were luck lucky to have completed all eight of episodes of the first season. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, so we didn't have to do any more. Sh we have to do a little bit more filming. Um, there's some pickups for the last episode, but nothing major. Oh, wow. So luckily, during the, the COVID, we could do a lot of post-production, a lot of editing, some publicity, um, solidifying some deals, stuff like that, that we could do over the phone or through Zoom. Um, but yeah, thank God it seems to be, you know, opening up a little bit. So now we're we're back to filming those pickups and then getting ready for season two. Well, that is awesome because, you know, COVID has been really tough on the whole entertainment industry as yes. a whole. You know, I remember we launched this show um, January 2020 and, you know, a couple months before COVID and we had this great goal of 100 interviews our first year. We thought, you know what? If we could do that, it right. would be amazing. Okay. We, we weren't sure if we, we could pull that off that many, but we did. And then COVID happens. And I thought, you know what? This might be our time to shine as a show because all, the whole entertainment world is slowing down. We need to speed up because we do it virtually anyway. Yeah, that's true. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow. Jeez, there you go. <laughs> and we're getting close to 400 now. And, and again, you know, it's just been crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, hey, what they, you, you, did, you made lemonade out of lemons. That's what you have to kind of do, you know. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, you yeah. watch on Facebook and, so you, and you see a lot of these horror stories with COVID. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes you feel guilty that you're blessed in this arena. But like they say, you know, when they, we can't change what happens. No. no. But we can you know. find a way to maneuver through it. Right, exactly. You can't you can't just let it beat you. You have to find a way around it, you know. It's like any other obstacle, you know. You see people going through the stuff they went through in Texas this year and I know people over there, so I know how hard it is, but they got through it, you know, you get through it and then you move on. It's when you give up, that's when you get in trouble. You know, yeah. let it teach you. Yeah, that's what exactly. I was thinking. So um, a lot of hosts would ask, when did you know you wanted to act and all that? I always mm -hmm. like to go deeper than that. When did mm -hmm. it click that all this could actually be a career for you? Still waiting for it to click. I don't know. <laughs> um, actually, when did it click? 
I never really, actually, I never doubted it. That's the funny thing. I never really thought, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. I was kind of surprised that that the journey that it is, the journey is a very up and down kind of thing, a roller coaster. And sometimes you think you've made it, but you really haven't. And then other times you think, okay, this is done. I need to move on to something else. And then all of a sudden something happens and you go right back up again. So the key is in this career to never, once you decide to be in it, you have to commit because once you give up, you've given up and you never, you just never know. And then throughout the rest of your life, you'll be thinking, damn, if I had just waited another couple of days or another year. So it's it's, how close you are. You know how close you are. And that's funny you say that because, you know, we feel the same way with this show as, you know, we started the show out as an up and coming country artist interview show that, and that was all we ever wanted to do. We thought the show Mm -hmm. was going to be, focused around that we did but as we started growing we we started realizing we opened the door for other artists not just country then um around september of last year things started slowing down a little bit because a lot of artists were getting gigs again so i was like you know what i got so used to interviewing a lot of people i was like how do i fill in these holes and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I wonder if the acting world would take us in like the music world has. And then all of a sudden, now we're a full-fledged inter- inter- entertainment interview show. It's a perfect of- fit because we're fans of all entertainment. There you go. That's perfect. Okay. Who inspired you the most to go into acting? Um, well, I got a, a few inspirations. I always say that um, I was inspired when I was about Three year old, three years old, and watching my mom's favorite actor. My mom's favorite actor was Errol Flynn. She loved Errol Flynn. Ah, uh, yes. They were going to name. They were going to name me Flynn, but my father wouldn't have any. He didn't want to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, but I remember uh, watching all these Errol Flynn movies on TV and thinking, "Well, that's cool. I want to be. You know, I want to be a pirate. I want to be Robin Hood. I want to do all those things." You know, and then. Years later, they finally broke it to me that this guy didn't do all these things. He's just an actor who portrayed <laughs> me. I'm like, wow. I mean, he actually got paid to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, great to me. That's inspiration. So I always wanted to, yeah, live that kind of adventuresome life. Little mm-hmm. did I know how adventuresome it would be. But <laughs> it is a, it's a, it's a fun life. I don't really have any regrets. It's been a, interesting ride and that inspiration you know that was my first i would say like i say about three and then later on i just um i got in a couple of acting teachers um they told me that i had what it took and oh, then wow. i would see actors who i i always liked actors with a bit of a flair to them so when i started doing yeah. roles i always wanted to be like Put a little bit extra. Do something to make yourself stand out. You know, one of my favorite actors is um, Antonio Banderas. Oh he yes, has, great name. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> has, yeah, my namesake. He has a a flair about him. Just something. Even on every role he does, he just adds mm-hmm. a little bit of something that makes it stand out. And I always thought, now that that is what I want to be. That kind of an actor, because they're different wow. kinds. Yeah. 
So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of acting? You know, because, of course, you got to be more, you know, especially when it comes to acting. I think a lot of people, sometimes you can be so deep in the one area that you don't realize hobbies and stuff help you grow as a person so that you can become a better actor. Exactly. Well, I'm a big music guy. Well, I'm more big 80s music guy. Um, uh, one of my, um, well, I, I would say that one of my, my other profession rather than acting was always, I was in the professional impersonation business. Oh, I wow. I worked for Legends in Concert and did... Um, well, you're going to have to do one for us. <laughs> no, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too stiff right now. To do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> the guys I do are like Michael Jackson and Prince. So those are very wow. people. So I um, I worked for that for a while. So I got to, you know, I learned how to sing. I learned how to get into the characters, which was acting. But yeah. I also mm -hmm. got to be around a lot of great musicians and I met a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have met. I also went all around the world. I've oh, been wow. to every place, like from Australia, Japan, China. Um, I think uh, the I name it. Only place I haven't been is Africa and India. Those are the two places I haven't been. Oh to. wow! Yes. So, so yeah, um, most of my extracurricular activity was that. Oh wow. <clears throat> So what's been the hardest role for you to play so far? Hmm. The hardest roles are the roles I used to get when I was younger. They were the hardest ones for me because they were not my experience. And when you're when you're young, you wind up playing, especially if you're black Latino like me, you wind up playing a lot of gangbangers. A stereotype. I'm about, as, I'm about as far from a gangbanger as you ever should see. But I wanted to play the rules, you know. So though I actually had to study that and, and hang around with them and 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 experience what it would be like to be that. I've played gang leaders, about 14 different gang leaders, and not and now you do it again. Yeah, now I do it. It's just an elevator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now the gang leader is me instead of me being the gang leader. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. How did that show come about? And so it looks like all them years that, that you were um, played the gang leaders and all that prepared you for this right that you that you created to be the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a real interesting story because. Myself and my partner, who is um, also our director, Frank Pinnock, we were um, we were preparing a movie called Forbidden, and it we were preparing it for two years, and we had everything going, everything was ready to go, and the day was the money was supposed to come in, they <laughs> caught them. Oh wow! And that's you heard that story before. Anyway, so <laughs> then again. The whole idea of making lemonade out of lemons, we said, okay, mm -hmm. we're not going to let this beat us. Let's swerve a bit and see what we can do. We've got to stay active. We've got to create something else. We can't let this defeat us. So at that time, web series were a big deal. So we said, let's create a web series. Oh, wow. So we asked, uh, what was my favorite <laughs> TV show when I was growing up? And I remember my parents and I used to always, every Friday night, watch Dallas. That would became my Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favorite soap opera, TV show. And then 
I asked him, and he said his was the Sopranos. Ah, so we said, he combined them. Yeah, so what if we could do, we could combine. I always liked that rivalry between JR and Bobby and the, yes. the bad guy and the good guy in the same family. I thought that would be an interesting dynamic. And then we bring in the mafia part of it, you know. So basically, my brother, my youngest brother, is a is a cop, and <laughs> I'm, I'm this, this mafia um, figure. So right away, you have like, okay, now what's going to happen? And then our middle <laughs> other brother, our middle brother, is actually a lawyer who defends me, and it, it's, it becomes very intricate. But that's pretty much how it started, and then. Once we got um, Eric Estrada to play the patriarch, the dad, wow. we uh -huh. said, okay, now that we've got him, we, we can't just do a web series. You know, first of all, we got to pay him. So <laughs> we, had to, we had to jerk it up a little bit. And then we said, okay, now let's make our actual series. So we filmed a pilot. After filming the pilot, we said, we need at least three episodes to, to, to sell it. Mm -hmm. So when we finally got around to filming the three episodes, we said, you know what? If we got to three, why don't we just film a whole season? Because oh, wow. then it would be easier for us to to sell it. And that's pretty much what we did. So that's how we came all independently financed, you know, no GoFunding page or anything. We just did it all our own, different people putting in money who believed in the project. And now it's on the verge of a pretty big success. So, <clears throat> wow, I love that story. Now, as you know, a lot of people they see the big actors like your Brad Pitts, your Angelina mm -hmm. Jolie, the glory behind them. They don't right. see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to their level, but even a career mm -hmm. level within the entertainment world. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. always want to talk about this side of it because, as you know that nobody really talks about this side. They kind of sugarcoat this side mm -hmm. of it um, right. a lot. And I'm going to tell a quick story that help guide us where I want this to go. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll be able to relate to this. Now, this is an artist singer story, but it goes mm -hmm. right along with what you do. But I remember mm -hmm. we interviewed Allison Steele with Two Steel Girls back in 2014. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I remember mm -hmm. asking Allison what advice she'd give for an up-and-coming artist. And I'll never forget what she told us. She said, this may sound funny coming from someone full time, but if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. Your life has to change. She goes, you no longer own your own life. Everybody owns little pieces of your life from that point forward. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, the cookouts, the weekends, the holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you mm -hmm. have to say no to all that. And they don't understand. Sometimes they think that you're too good for that, but mm -hmm. you're not. You're in that grind mode that, of your career, you know, and everything is about that beginning. That first first few years of your career is everything, mm -hmm. whether you're an artist or an actor. Then she added, mm -hmm. then your family has to sacrifice. You know, they, you know, they have to kind of give you up to the world and say, now I'm willing to share you with the world. Um, mm -hmm. But then she added, but... If you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. That's the only mm -hmm. way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it that nobody talks about. Well, first of all, <laughs> I, I think I think she copied everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly almost word to word, word for word, the answer I've given a couple of times when this question has been asked. 
Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. If you can see, make sure that anything else you want, you even thought about doing, you if you can't see yourself doing it, then stick with show business. Other than that, do it because it's such a, it's such a thankless life. You know, yeah, exactly. That roller coaster, and be become friends with rejection because you're gonna get a lot of rejection. rejection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I remember someone said, and I love this quote: "Marry the process, divorce the results." Yes, exactly. You have to be able to enjoy the journey because if you're just in it to say, "Oh, I, I hope I'll be famous or I'll be rich," or nine times out of ten, you're gonna be. You may get there. But you're probably going to be really disappointed. And the the bad thing about showbiz or the I, I won't call it bad. Well, I guess it yeah. is kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Um, is that even when you get there, say you get to the top, say people like uh, like you just mentioned, Brad Pitt or uh, Tom Cruise or you know Denzel Washington, then you got to stay there. You know? yeah. that's, sometimes that's harder staying that's there getting there. Yeah. So we you know we know about Brad Pitt, we know about Tom Cruise. They, mm-hmm. they have managed to do the hardest thing, which is to stay up there. But how many actors and actresses and musicians who we know were there and then they've just dropped off lots? What happened to them? You know, nobody whatever happened. That's why those whatever happened to things are so in, so popular because people always wonder what happened to so-and-so he was a big star in 1993 yeah from 1993 to 1995 he was the biggest star in the world you always see that i mean i know some of the greats and then the the sad part is sometimes it's the drugs yeah sometimes Uh, it's it's addictions Mm -hmm. addictions it's it's all sorts of get in trouble especially now because <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you take this kid that's maybe 15, 16, 18 years old, oh, right. and they shoot up the stardom almost overnight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, they're making all this money that they, even if someone in their thirties, maybe they've yeah. never made this kind of money ever, and they have the fame, and they, they got the, the fame, and all they can of a sudden, anything they want, and all of a sudden, they crumble. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they say the average person who wins the lottery, and I, we're talking. Yeah. Forty million dollars is bankrupt within five years. It's because they never learned how to handle handle it, right? And fame, fame is just like money. It's it's there's a bank account, you know, and it's gonna it will run out if you misuse it. It just will, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but I have some friends right now who are pretty who are on the verge of major fame. Oh wow! They did some stupid things through social media or texting and now with the uh, mm-hmm. movement and everything else, they, they're, they're just done. Yeah. And yes. to I said, all you guys can do is just stay, lay low and hope, hope to God that, you know, other than that, it blows it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like that. So it's, it's a very precarious position. And nowadays, if you tick off the, I mean, you don't even have to do anything wrong. If you just make the wrong enemy, and yes. that person's well connected mm-hmm. and connected mm-hmm. to that mo- one of those movements, you're yeah. done too. Yeah, yeah. because always, of social I mean, media. Yeah, I always find that it, it's 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 sad but amusing sometimes. I the guy from um, this is from like The Bachelor when he was like kind of defending his 
person on his show, mm-hmm. and then they canceled him for just defending the person. I'm like, he didn't even do anything, and, and he had to back off. And he, he had to back, back off. Back off he you know, it's 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 crazy now. So it's become even harder now to navigate that um, that tightrope that you have to walk. But um, to go back to the original question, I, like I said, I agree with her a thousand percent. It, there can't be anything else you want to do. There can't be anything like, well, I'll do this for your area. People say, I'm going to give it five years. Well, then you, you might as well quit. Quit right now. Yeah, because you don't know. I mean, there are people that it takes, you know, especially in the music industry. You know, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the same in, in the acting world. Actually, but there are people in the world that work 10, 15 years in the music mm-hmm. industry, and then all of a sudden that one song takes them off. If they right. only gave it five years, they wouldn't yep. have had that. They wouldn't have had it. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> it happens. Then you have the people like Billy Ray Cyrus, who <laughs> shot out of the like a cannon with that first yes. hit. They didn't hear about him for years. You heard about his daughter. Then all of a sudden, two years ago, he yeah. walks up with this rapper and he has another number one. He was and he's yes. become hot again. It's it's just weird. Just ain't it crazy though? He had one big hit. Yeah. And then nothing. And then now he comes back in another big hit. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy. yeah. And after pretty much thinking your career is done, I'm gonna I'm gonna help Miley and and then, you know, but all of a sudden, he's back on top, you know, like, and he's probably had the best of the whole world because if you yeah. think about it, you know, sometimes the fame can be the toughest part. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to worry about the fame. He got big, it went away. Mm-hmm. He got mm-hmm. to live his life all these years without mm-hmm. nobody really saying anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, become Miley's father, right? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's funny because a lot of people didn't realize that Miley's dad is like, well, really? You know, you talk to kids, they don't know. Oh, really? That's yeah. Miley's dad. As opposed to we know her as, know her as Billy Ray's daughter. They know her yeah. as... Yes. Funny. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking to somebody about um, Michael Douglas. Uh-huh. But they, mm-hmm. you know, they barely knew who Michael Douglas was. Forget about his dad, Kirk Douglas. What's what's that? They have no idea uh, about wow. the you know, Nobody has any idea. So it's... That's another thing. You have to stay abreast of what's going on mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, and just because your parents were famous doesn't mean you will be there's a lot of people that they're they're paying their dues right now that yeah. you would know who their parents are but you don't know who they are right exactly exactly and some people do that on purpose you know um, that's true because they want to know true. that they did it themselves that they made it on their own uh, one of them is um like john john david washington is pretty hot right now as Denzel Washington's son. But a lot oh, of people wow. didn't know he was Denzel Washington's son because he didn't make that a primary focus. And now when they find out, it's, oh, it's Denzel's son. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. so, you know, it's not like he made it overnight. He's, 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 I think he's still young, but he's not a spring chicken. Yeah. You know, but yeah. He's getting his due. So. Love that. Now, yeah. We talked about the sacrifice side a little bit. Let's go the other way and talk about the glory side. When you look back on your career so far, what are a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Wow. Okay. I've got to do all those things I wanted to do when I was three. <laughs> Except I um, haven't been on a pirate ship yet. That's the only thing I haven't. I really <laughs> know. I really well, know. Hook you. well, you need to get hooked up with Johnny Depp, though. 
Yes, I do. That's that, that's my next move. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, ridden a horse, done the sword fighting bit. You know, I've traveled all over the world. I've um, um, kissed a lot of women, beautiful women. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and especially when you get paid for it, and uh, <laughs> I got to, you get to, and being the being the bad guy, I find mm -hmm. that you can almost live another kind of fantasy because the character I play in Sangrenegra, he gets away with a lot of things oh, wow. that I couldn't. You know, most <laughs> people couldn't get away. So with you get to buy curious, live through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, get curious, so you get to do, you know, get away with things like, oh, this is really cool, and a lot of people. I think that's the attraction of the character. A lot of people would like to be that way. You know, I love to tell a guy something or get away with saying something and then not have it blow back on me. Yeah. And that's what my character has been able to do. So, wow. love those that. are good perks. Those are fun. Now, as you know, a lot of people they see you as the actor, but they don't see the teams behind the people. And in my opinion. The teams never get the love they deserve, but on our show, they get the love that they deserve. We're so gonna take a few moments. Tell us about the team that helped you be who you are. Oh, okay. Wow, We've got so many, so <clears throat> many. Um, let me start with. Let me go basically on the show itself. We have, um, like I said, my director is also my business partner, um, Frank Pinnock. And he uh, not only is, um, like I say, he's my business partner, but because he knows me so well, he's also the best director for me. Like if I have uh, any say in anything I do, I will always choose him to be my director because he, sometimes you have a director, actor symbosis, and mm -hmm. it just clicks. So that becomes, he makes me better. So if he makes me better, I'm always going to want him in my corner, you know. Um, there's one, and then of course I have um, Knockout Productions who produced the show, um, and his they've been instrumental in giving us all the freedom we needed and all the support to help us get the show to where it is, and never questioning our creativity or anything like that. That's been great. I have my my managers. Um, one of them is one of my personal managers is Paula. And she's awesome. Oh, we love, love Paul. Like, yeah. Great. She's helped me tons. Um, and I have uh, we have my publicist, Penny and Dina. Shout out to them. They're they're great. Um, I have a new new manager, also a talent manager, Irene. Um, oh, cool. Shout out to her. And um, I just have those people are, are behind you. And most important, you also have your castmates. You know, they're all like, they're all great to work with. You gotta love them, right? I love them. You know, um, one of my one of my best friends is also in the show. I've known him for years, and he's oh, a wow. really established actor, Stoney Jackson. He's uh he's one of the actors in the show, and we bond a lot. So I learned a lot from him. He's one of the best actors I've ever known. I've learned, picked up a lot of stuff. So you can pick up with stuff from your contemporaries and your your you know teammate basically yeah mm -hmm. you know so all that like you said that's the team that makes you who you are you know yeah. it's not just the professional team behind you it's also the who you hang with you know that helps yeah. a lot that's definitely no negativity you hang around negative people is the worst thing for an actor don't if you have yeah. a negative oh, person yeah. on your team 
And they start feeding up into your doubts. And they'll drag you down. Yeah. They will drag you down. And they'll tell you, no, you shouldn't do that because. But you're saying, well, why shouldn't I want to do it? No, you shouldn't do it because. And you say, well, maybe I shouldn't do it because. I guarantee you, eventually, you regret not doing it. Yep. We were told this show could never work. We and were. And, yeah. and, and now we've had people like Randy Travis on, Lee Bryce, yeah. um, Sarah Evans, Ed, Ed Asner. You know, and, and if if we'd have never took that chance and says, you know what, we've got something to offer the world, I think, with our yeah. show, mm -hmm. and just take the chance and just launch, and the heck with what some people yeah, say. We didn't care what the naysayers said. If we didn't do that, I don't. You know, we're like really enjoying it now. Granted, there's a lot of work behind this. A lot of people they see this. 30 to 60 minute show and we mm -hmm. have fun, but they don't see the hours <coughs> before the show, the hours mm -hmm. after the show, trying mm -hmm. to will and deal with people, trying to get people on the show, trying to get all these yes, rejections. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they don't see the work behind the show. Right. I know. Exactly. And you know what? It's, and that's okay because you, you want it to look easy. You know, you want it to look like, yeah, it just happened. So because the smoother it becomes, the more people are attracted to it. But you guys know how hard you had to work. So you people would never understand it. So I just say, well, okay, oh, yeah, see, we're, it's easy. <laughs> and they're not supposed to, I guess, our vision. Not, every, right. not everybody can see the vision that we have, and we, want, we like it that way. Because if everybody could see the vision we have, we're probably thinking too small. Yep, exactly. Good point. Good point. Because if yeah. everybody has the idea, then you're not special anymore. You just <laughs> There's another thing I always tell people: be different. Embrace your 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 differences. Like when you see all these um people going for plastic surgery, and sometimes they destroy the things that made them unique. Yeah, I always remember the story of oh, what's her last name? Jennifer. Jennifer. What? Dirty Dancing. Girl. Oh, Jennifer yeah. Gray, yes. And she got, she always worked, didn't like her nose, right? Yeah. So she got her nose job, and all of a sudden her work dried up, and she couldn't figure out why. Because she was mm -hmm. like, I look great. What happened? She said, but you don't look like what they were buying, you know? Yes. What made you unique. So it's the same mm -hmm. thing with uh, with anybody, actors, yeah. singers, mm -hmm. everything. Don't. You know, look at Barbara Streisand. You know, she never changed that stuff. You know, yeah. um, uh, or it becomes the change becomes the focus. Like I always wondered, like people made such a so much of a focus on Michael Jackson's physical changes, and mm -hmm. they, it took away from his music. And, his and then he did it more. Yeah, it did more, and the more yes, he did, it the more he cycle. That, rather than how great he was as an entertainer and a singer. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just leave what you got to make it yep. make you unique and just ride with it. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things that makes us unique, I believe, is we're a married couple doing a show together. Right. And we are a family affair show. And because of that, we bring our nine-year-old on the show. So he's uh, mm -hmm. Sandy's going to go get him. Yes, his ask, name's Christopher. He always asks a few questions. And when we got, we've got our daughter, to, who's Caitlin's too, that when she gets older, She'll be plugged into the show. And hey, go. square table, we see yeah. you. <laughs> hey, square table, cool. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you know, that's, I think, what one thing that makes us different because 
How many times have you ever seen a married couple interviewing people? I can't remember. <laughs> and see, uh, one of our goals out there, and I and I preach this all the time because I want one day the right connections are going to happen. But one of our goals is to, is to be the first primetime, daytime uh, married couple TV talk show. Oh, that'd be perfect. Because yeah. nobody, as far as I know, that don't exist. <laughs> hi, hi, Antonio. Hey, so what, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. Oh, my favorite food, believe it or not, is chicken. Mm. Yeah. Not fried chicken, grilled chicken. I love grilled chicken. Ooh, that's good. Yes, so and guess what? We had chicken wings last night. Oh, there you go. You didn't invite <laughs> me over either. That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what's yours? Pizza. Pizza. That's a good choice too. Yeah. And we had we had pizza and chicken wings last night. Yes. Oh wow, you guys! I need to come to your house too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next. Yeah, well, all right. What's your favorite TV show? Sangre Negra, of course. <laughs> That's good show. Yeah. Yes. Bob. Yours is SpongeBob. and his is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yeah. Actually. Yes. I had a yeah. weird experience watching. I didn't know what SpongeBob was, uh -huh. and then I had my um, um, my little adopted niece over, and she was watching it. And I'm like, "What is this?" And she said, "This is." I said, "Oh, this is SpongeBob." So I actually sat down and watched like two hours of SpongeBob. Ah. I walked out <laughs> and kind of dizzy, but it was like, "Okay, my I, I kind of get it." That that might have been on Nick yeah. or yeah. Nick too, yeah. because they yeah. those are the the bulk state the bulk right. station that come on. <laughs> yeah, he goes all. And what's what's been cool is because he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows. We've been able to bring a lot of um, actors from Nickelodeon shows oh, onto wow. our show, so he's been able to talk to a lot of these people. Oh man, see, good for you. You stay close, stay close to him. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Bye, thanks. Bye, bye. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> yeah, he loves that. Yeah, how old is he? He's nine. Nine, okay, cool. Nine. <clears throat> so we're kind of keeping him and then our two-year-old little daughter close to the entertainment industry because, again, you never know, right? You never know. And, and we're yeah, doing – They have a passion there. Maybe we can help them. Someday. And we're doing something now within entertainment. So if all of a sudden they go that route, we'll have the connections to kind of try to maneuver that for them. That's right. You guys are, are moving fast because it's, uh, what, two years, you say now? Two Not, years? Actually, 14 months. 14, 14 months. months. Not yeah. even two years. There you go. So, yeah, you guys are on your, on your way. Yeah, but Keep it's, doing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's our plan. We've had all, almost 400 interviews now. Wow. So you basically yeah. do an interview a day or two interviews yes. a day. There's some, some days. days we've too. slowed it down now to where we try to do one a day, six days a week. But mm -hmm. that, back last August, we did 48 interviews that month. That was oh, our wow. most month. So we did almost two almost every day. <laughs> oh, really? But that, that really? again, you know, sometimes more is not better. Sometimes more is too much because – you, you you don't want your audience to fall off either. Right. right. Exactly. So, so we had to really look at the situation. And as much as, I mean, we got so many people that we still need to interview. And that's been the tough part because when we back them back up, then it's, it's easier because we can get them all in. 
mm-hmm. but it's harder for the audience. So we're like, you know what? Let's just back it up. Unless we've got something special, we're trying to do it one a day, six days a week. Right. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. You you don't want to oversaturate the market, as they say. But, <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, the thing is, everything keeps moving so fast. You just got to be able yeah. to change when it hits you because it will hit you. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, things changed again. Now you have to go, let me reconsider what we've been doing and then maybe just adapt it to this. You know, that, that's like, you know, one of the things that we're planning on doing next is um, we're going to start a weekly show. So it'll still be the Chris and Sandy show, but it'll be like our weekly version where it won't be an interview show. It'll be more of a variety type show between us where we just we come on. We're going to tell people who's coming up for the week, mm-hmm. who we had on the week before. Kind of talk about that. Maybe current, talk, events. current events. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Not yeah. not politics, not politics that out there, but, just but current entertainment, current entertainment world. events. I should say. Yeah. That's, you know, um, keep it fun and all that. Um, you know, kind of like the Bobby Bones show. A little bit about yeah, what they do. Like we want to kind of do the same thing and just to show mm. people that as we grow, that we can do a whole talk interview show where it has some talk and some interview in it so that one day we can get that game changer show where we become a talk show there you go perfect i think you guys are you know it's the same it's the same um drive that we had with with our show you know mm-hmm. um, our show is on tubi by the way tubi oh, wow. TV. Oh, awesome yeah everybody um it's free so everybody can just there's an app, Tubi app. Just go on the app and look for Sangre Negra, and the first four episodes come up, and you can see um, me playing the bad guy, <laughs> um, basically. And uh, it, it's a good cast. Uh, everybody is is fun, good actors. You know, again, everybody's bringing something different. It's a truly diverse cast. It's basically Latino cast, but. We have everybody, you know, we have Russians, we have Armenians, we have, you know, African-Americans, African-Caucasians. We have, we, have, we have all sorts of people. We have everything you can possibly imagine. But the thing is, nothing is forced on you. It's mm-hmm. just like we're just reflecting life the way it is, you yeah. know, and that's just the way it is. You know, it, it's not about putting one person in this part or a token person in that part is just people being people. And that's how you mingle. Love that. That's the best way. Yes. And uh, what would you like your legacy to be in the industry? What would you ultimately like to be known for? Well, believe it or not, I'd like to be known for um, achieving what I call basically that, that, I proved that I can, you can do what you set out to do, what you dream about. It may not get to the level that you may want to, to have it, but if you keep working, you're going to get some version of your dream come true. And I want people to, to remember that, that my journey wasn't easy or straightforward and a lot of ups and downs, but as long as it, like, it goes back to what we we're saying, I stick with it. This is what I achieve, you know. Yeah. And, um, right now, I'm trying to create this brand, basically, 
So if I play this character for the rest of my life, I'm happy. I don't care. You know? That's like us. If we do this show the rest of our life, we'd be yeah, happy. happy with that. Yeah. I'm not. I don't care about stretching as an actor. Like I said, I did all that when I was younger. That was my stretch. Now I can play people closer to me, and they, I can create a persona that people mm-hmm. appreciate and like. You know, yeah. I believe yeah. I learned that from um, Larry Hagman, the one who played Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, he he played all these different characters, like a dream of genie and all that. Oh yeah, that one character that stuck. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And he was doing Jr. No matter where you saw him, he had a cowboy hat. He was just enjoying it. That's that like the guy that plays Urkel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. he's, he never was able to get out of that role. I mean, I think he tried other stuff after mm-hmm. Family Matters, but it yeah. just, I never really seen it happen. Yeah, he, it really you know, that Urkel's role was so strong. Right. Yeah, that exactly. When you see him, you think, Urkel. Yep. <laughs> it happens to a lot. I mean, um, but some people, like you said, JR embraced it. Okay? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Urkel didn't, and I understand why. That's because true. That's unfortunately, true. unfortunately for him, that role was done when he was very young. Yeah. So you can't yeah. get a, you grow out of it naturally. But mm-hmm. unlike somebody like Michael J. Fox, who was lucky enough to get other opportunities mm-hmm. to play different roles, so he wasn't just stuck as that family ties guy. Yes, <laughs> right. He became. An actor known for other stuff, but mm-hmm. so it all depends on when it hits and how it hits and how much of a impact you know. Um, let's face it. Who looks at Henry Fong? Uh, what's his name? Henry Winkler, and you don't you think of the Fonz? He just he doesn't, look, he doesn't look anything. He right. He doesn't look anything like he used to look, but you still <laughs> the Fonz, you know. Yeah. Um, Sean Connery. As many great things as Sean Connery did. When he died, the first thing is still is James Bond. He will always yes. be James Bond. I and how many James Bonds come I'm after Bond. him? He's still James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. He died when he was like yeah. 90, 92 years old or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but nothing's wrong with being branded. Nothing's wrong with it. You know, people want to identify that character. So if I'm Ricky Santos, that's great. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's He's like Ricky little- Schroeder. Was even though he was branded as, as a team thing, he was right. able to change yeah. his career. Oh, that's right with NYPD Blue. I mean, it was so different actor, right? With NYPD yeah. Blue. I mean, yeah. compared to what he was, you're like, whoa, you know. But again, he was able to move out of that mold. And so he, every now and then, you do, you know, that's one of the hard parts I think with young actors is yeah. if yeah. if you have a TV hit show that lasts years. Right. And it becomes a staple of America. It's yeah. really tough to get out, but he, but Ricky yeah. Shorter was able to actually move out of that and into yeah. an adult role. The other good thing was he had another hit show. When you <coughs> have another true. hit show, that lets That's you, um, yes. or, hit, or a hit movie. Um, who is mm-hmm. it? Was always, um, okay, um, Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was with Ricky Shorter and Silver Spoons. Yes. And, then he became Carlton on Fresh Prince. Ah, Carlton yeah. Banks, yes. And now people don't even, they were still know him as Carlton, but he's done other things that mm-hmm. locally, you know, he's been able to, but he's still Carlton, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we always think of him as that. Now it's you just Carlton. never know, right? Yes. You just never know. 
And look at his co-star. I mean, Will Smith, how many people really think of, you don't think of Will Smith as a Fresh Prince anymore. Because now he's a movie, movie career. Yeah, yeah he's a big yeah, he, He's reinvented himself he's reinvented. multiple times. He, he's, he's probably the master at that. He's the um, master. Yeah. He's bad boy. Well, yeah, he's bad boys. Yeah. You know, yeah. As a person, <laughs> um, musicians the same way. They have to adapt. They have to change with the the times, you know. Exactly. Right. I love that. So as we um, come to a close here, mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's say you had a friend mm -hmm. of yours and you saw him or her act and they've got something special. Um, but mm -hmm. they've only been in maybe a couple shows. We're talking like maybe a one line part, couple commercials. So they're still getting their feet wet on actually mm -hmm. getting in. Um, but they just know that this is what they want to do with their life. What advice mm -hmm. would you give that specific person who has that talent mm -hmm. to kind of help guide them the next few years? Well, okay. Well, beside the, the fact is like, again, make friends with rejection. They're not rejecting your talent. Right. They're rejecting the fact that they have a different outlook of a character. Mm -hmm. I was telling you, you could be rejected for a character for all sorts of reasons, you may yep. you may yeah. remind you may remind the guy of some guy who stole his wife, you know. And you know that happens <laughs> more. I mean, you know how many actors have told us that that happens a lot. Where if you remind them of somebody they don't like, you ain't getting yeah. that part. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it has nothing to do with your talent. You know, you got to remember every ninety percent of the. Actors around are all talented to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's just that it's, it's a different way of doing things, and people like your style of you know and your package better than the other person's package. It has nothing yeah. to do with the talent. It's just that we've all been gifted or not gifted with certain physical and vocal characteristics. Every different things. I, I have a friend of mine. Um, He's always telling me, man, well, I wish I had your looks. I wish I looked like you. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, but I wish I had your voice. His voice is so great. He's like, he speaks and it's like, oh, shoot, everybody turns, you know. So I, said, I just wish I had everybody's nose, as in I sniffle a lot. And so I'm <laughs> conscious of that because I, yeah. I have bad allergies. I've had them all my life. Right. And that, that, that stopped us from doing the show for a while because I was so conscious of that that I was like, you know what? Nobody will listen because I sniffle so much. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I got to get over that. We yeah. got a vision. Yeah, don't let that be a barrier. And I'm thankful that I was like, you know what? Some people listen, some people won't. So what? I didn't. I, I didn't even notice it till you brought it up. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So see, because I so, and, and that's good. You know, I need to know that because again. Sometimes, you know, I, f I forget that not everybody's paying attention to that. Right. Right. But, we're, we're, but I'm aware of it. Not everybody else is. <laughs> you have to, um, like I say, um, confidence is everything. That's another thing you tell yeah. Have it confidence is. in yourself. Don't, don't um, what do they call it, um, question yourself or your choices too much. Yeah. Just go with mm -hmm. your instincts. Because if you go with your instincts, you usually can't go wrong because even if you get wrong, you're like, well, that's what I thought. So, you know, move on. That's the yeah, way I'd rather, I'd rather get it. I'd rather go for it and get it wrong than to never go for it and wonder what if. Wonder what would happen. Exactly. Because, again, you know, 
if this show flops one day, then at least we know we did everything that we, we possibly could to make this work. To make it work. But exactly. if we was to quit, even now, at this point, if we said, you know what, it's over, not doing it no more, we, we will regret that. Wonder what if. We will, you know, again, it's one of them things where, you know, I would rather take that chance and run hard. And even if I end up in failure, than to be a success doing something that I was never called to do. That's right. That's right. You can, I, I know plenty of people who regret even though they're successful at what they do, they regret other things, you know, um, mm -hmm. that they, they didn't get a chance to do because they didn't have, they were scared of failure. Mm -hmm. You can really be scared of failure because without failure, you can't have success. Yeah. That's so true. Exactly. Yes. That Michael Jordan shot way more shots, missed more shots than he hit. You know? Something yeah. like 10,000. He's got yeah, this big quote out there. I wish I could remember the exact quote, but something like, he said, yeah, he's I forgot how much it is. Like ten thousand shots. He's he's missed um, a, lo a lot of game-ending shots. You know, and yeah. he talks about. But because of that, that's what's made him the great. Exactly. Yep. I definitely. I say every time people, you always look at next to these guys, especially uh, like in basketball, who have had all these these great records. Um, like um, you look at. I mean, well, my favorite player was Kobe Bryant. That was my basketball idol. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. And Kobe had, yeah, he had all these game-winning shots, but he missed so many more than he made. But you don't, yeah. you don't remember those. You remember the made shots. So it's the same thing when you're doing a, you know, you can fail on a lot of TV pilots and everything else. George Clooney, I think, had like 30 pilots. That you only need one big one, right? One that made him. Yeah, was successful. Next thing you know, he, was, he became George Clooney. So that's yeah, it. Yeah, everybody nobody remembers him. all the other stuff that were failures when nobody cared about it. So right. it's, you know. Love. Absolutely love that. Now, tell everybody how they can reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you. Oh, sure. I have a Facebook page. It's uh, Antonio McKay. It's the actor, not the track star. There's a track star in the same name. Ah, uh. <laughs> And uh, my Instagram is amac at Sangranegra, which is another easy thing for people to remember. Um, Antonio at Sangranegra. And um, I have a Twitter page, but I never use it, unfortunately, because I get in too much trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. So it's there. <laughs> and make sure people know how they can find your show. Oh, yeah. you can find my show. Yeah. Watch Tubi, Tubi TV. You can get it on an app. It's the number one streaming service in the world right now, even over Netflix. But of course, wow. it's free. So that's why it's most popular. Yeah. So just tune in and just put in Sangre Negra. That's S-A-N-G-R-E-N-E-G-R-A. And then um, it'll come up. And we have the first four episodes up. You can binge it. And the next, the next ones are going to be up next month. So Wow. Oh, awesome. eight, the whole season, so you'll be able to watch it. But Tubi TV, T U B I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Great. Thank Me too. This was fun. Love this that. Was, yeah, we enjoyed it. Have a yeah. great day. I'll, I'll try to get landscape the next time. I'm going to buy a different tripod or a different phone, one of the two. Sounds yeah, great. Sounds great. Okay.